Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. You have heard us for at least the past month, talk about innovative ways to keep your mojo going. Today, I'm introducing you to Adriana Pelt, Senior Director of Strategic Communications, the Toy Association. I love that we're talking about this today. First of all, there is a genius behind how we come together and play together. And today, who is not looking for the idea of coming together, playing together, and keeping our mojo on. Uh, Adrian, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, this is so kind of cool and fun at the same time because, you know, play is that word. When we say the word play, you know, you can see the energy and the vibration for most people change. But now we're talking about the genius of play. And that is something very specific and unique. Tell us about it. And not only that, what are you most excited about when you talk about it, you think of the possibilities? Well, the genius of play was actually created a couple of years ago. Um, as a, it's a national movement, and it was really kind of like based upon everybody's busy life. You know, parents were rushing from work to school to kids' activities, and it was really to remind families that, you know, play isn't frivolous, that, you know, kids are learning through play, and it's so important to their development, and we really do need to make time for play. Um, now, obviously, the world has changed a bit in the last few months, and, um, you know, we, we have a lot of time. But we still have a lot of stress, and it's about, you know, how do you navigate um, this temporary normal, and how do you have fun and create memories? And, you know, as parents, I, you know, I have a five- and a seven-year-old at home myself, and, you know, between homeschool and, you know, my husband and I trying to do our day jobs and, you know, dealing with all the outside noise, you know, how do we, you know, keep the kids busy and entertained and occupied? And, um, you know, the Genius of Play.org launched Play Today. And it's a new resource for, you know, parents like us, families like us, who are looking to keep the kids occupied and engaged. Um, but it's the, play isn't just important for kids. Um, it, it's important for adults, too. Play really alleviates stress and anxiety. And I think that's something we, we can all use a dose of right now. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, people have said to me is, you, you know, I, I know, I know there are things I could do. But boy, I just can't in the middle of my day think about them. And I think that's what we're talking about. You've created a hub, so to speak, where people can have access to information. And I think that, you know, we take for granted how much stress we're really under. I mean, even to the point where you don't even remember that you've got dominoes in the closet and you can pull them out and play, you know, with your family. 
But this is really for people to understand that, look, there are activities, and these activities can help adults and children alike. Um, and so what type of activities are we talking about? Well, there's really something for everybody, and that's what I love about the site. You know, just like, um, you know, in the toy business, people ask us, you know, what's the hot toy this season? And, you know, nobody loves my answer. I never say there's one hot toy. It's what's yeah. hot for your child. Um, the same thing with play. There's not one, okay, everybody go do this. It'll be fantastic. It, it depends on, you know, your family size, your children's ages, their interests. Um, what space do you have available to you? You know, some people are in city apartments. Well, some people have a big backyard. They can open up the door. So there really is something for everybody on the site, um, you know, whether it's creating a fort in your living room or, you know, making playing Jenga golf. Um, you know, there are different ways you can kind of, engage your kids and your families and just like you said you, you know you may forget about that box of dominoes but um you might have forgotten about hopscotch you know you oh, can yeah. do hopscotch you can, you can and you don't need chalk you can put down tape you can use tape on your floor you know the, the fabric tape so i think they're just all of these ideas um you know they, they can serve as inspiration they can be a jumping point for things you might think of but you're right at the end of the day the last thing you want to do is try to feel like you need to curate another activity. There's a lot of stuff we're all juggling, and that's why you can log on to the site and you can figure out what works best for you and for your family um, to kind of engage through play. Yeah, and one of the things, let's talk about this, is that um, sometimes when we're in the middle of things, we don't think about some of the age-old things that I grew up with. And people may not think this is important, but we think we're so much in the digital age. But I gotta tell you, there's something about spending time with your child play patty cake. And you know, that is a game that involves touch, involves fun and laughter and spontaneity. And we totally don't remember that. And I noticed that was one of the games on your site. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 those simple, easy things. So um, just to kind of remember um, and, and engage and give the kids something that they can look forward to. Um, you know, it's it's hard because I know my family, I, we were always very scheduled. You know, there was a birthday party. There was a barbecue. There was a visit to grandma's house. And that was something like my kids would look forward to all week long, whether it was dance class or soccer. You know, all those things aren't happening right now. So if you could make play the activity... Um, you know, there's little things that we do throughout the day, but, you know, my kids are really loving playing chess with my husband. Yeah. Um, my, my daughter was never interested in it before. I always thought it would be so great if she did it. Didn't push it. But now that we've been home um, during this quarantine, she's really gotten into chess. And, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, can can we play chess later? And that's what we do. We say, okay, you know, at four, that's going to happen at 4 o'clock, you know. And obviously we're not keeping to a tight schedule, but, you know, kids do crave some sort of regularity. They like yeah. something to look forward you know, we can't control what's happening in the outside world, but we but we can control, you know, playing and, and what we can give them. So, you know, we'll say, oh, chess at 4 o'clock, or, you know, we'll play a game on Wednesday, and we'll we'll let them pick what game they want to play, and different things that they can look forward to. And, and I will tell you, it's been great for my husband and I, too, because we're able to kind of shut off um, the portion of our brain that's, you know, thinking about all these crazy things that are happening outside of our home. And, you know, we, we played Monopoly the other night, and, you know, we're just laughing and you know for an hour or two I kind of I kind of forgot it's <laughs> like you know that, that, that we couldn't go outside yeah. that we couldn't do these things yeah. but it, it's been really really helpful for us as well 
you know, it's the coolest thing what you're doing and what you're bringing to the forefront. Let's take a minute and make sure we give out the website where people can not only find out more about ideas for every day, but you also have expert advice on the site. And I want to talk a little bit about that too. Yeah, so you can visit thegeniusofplay.org, and um, if you do backslash play today, it will bring you to that hub. Um, there's a lot of things here that we don't think about, and what I love about what you're doing is this portal, let me just call it that, it's also a way to get your kids involved because, you know, children, adults alike, are digitally um, smart right now, and so they can help decide what some of these things are. But there's something else too that's that I was really struck by on your site, and that is the idea of doing things together. Like I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was like, you know, make your own plant. I mean, that kind of engagement in your own backyard and doing something like that where you can literally watch what's growing there's something very cool about that too. I, I want to just ask you, I noticed you included things like that. Tell us about that type of activity. Well, you know, each one of the activities are tied to key benefits, so the different developmental benefits. So, that, you know, that was really the cornerstone of when this program was launched. It was kind of like, you know, you're going to be learning different things through um, play. So having activities like that um, are really kind of, building kids' abilities in a lot of different areas, whether, you know, it's arts and crafts, it's physical activity, it's physical, it's cognitive. So having all those different things and, you know, you can tie to the different um, benefits, which is great. Um, and it kind of gives families something tangible. You know, again, we all know play is important, but when you can tie it to a specific benefit, it's making everybody feel good about, you know, what you're doing. Kind of the spinach and the cookies kind of thing where, you know, people try to sneak in that, that, that healthy food amidst the cookie. It's the same thing. So when kids are playing, they're having so much fun um, and learning is happening. And, you know, you don't always need to realize it. It's, you know, if you say to the kid, hey, let's go do that math worksheet or, hey, let's do this activity where they might be learning math. It's, it's just, you know, you're kind of disguising disguising the learning, but, you know, it, it has to be fun and engaging, and that, that's what's the most important. Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of this is so important, and you know what I was really struck by? I was really struck by the fact that we totally forget these things. We totally forget, you know, to say there's more than just what's going on in the digital world. Um, one of the things too is, you know, I have a friend and you know, that there's the license plate game that's here and what they're doing uh -oh. is every time they watch a television program, they're doing the license plate game from whatever is on the TV. Now I have to say, if you're really interested in that TV program, you're not going to probably get much of it because it's so engaging you know, just to see how people are being engaged. Um, one more time, how do we find out more? And I, I wanted to ask you your vision. You know, what is your vision for this? And, you know, the main idea about this is the benefit of this. So if you could talk about that, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So the website is thegeniusofplay.org, 
And I guess the vision is to, to really be that helpful tool, to, to guide families, to give them something that, you know, is really, really helpful for them as we're all kind of struggling, um, you know, with the current situation, but for that to follow through. And, and I have no doubt, um, you know, having been doing it myself is I see the benefits. And I think that, you know, when this is all over and we can resume to, to normal, I think I'm going to take some of these things, you know, along with me and I'm going to make, I'm going to make more time for some of these things. And I think my kids, my kids will ask for it. And I think that that's really the vision. It's really to be that trusted partner where families can go to and they can mm -hmm. find information, but for everybody to remember, you know, why this is important. Yeah. I got to tell you what I was really most struck by is I was really struck by the expert advice section of this. Um, I didn't expect to see it here. And then when I saw how many ideas and suggestions there are uh, on your website, it was just in incredible. So I want to commend you on that. And thank you so much. And last question, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? I just want to make sure that everybody, you know, realizes that we're we're all doing the best we can. You know, we're we're coping we're coping with what's happening. So, um, parents, caregivers, just everybody, we we don't need to be so hard on ourselves. And if we can take things day by day, and you know, by incorporating some play, you're you're at least ensuring at least part of your day is a good day. I'm, I'm trying to take it one step at a time, and you know, not worry about too many things that I can't control, and try to focus on the good. Wow. I want to thank you so much. Thank you for everything. Thank you. All right, everybody, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Please go to this website. There is so much information. It's well thought out, engaging, and fun. And by the way, there's a way for you also, if you have any questions, to put them in play. We'll be right back. Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. You know, part of what we like to do is bring you up to date on things you're not going to necessarily read about in the headlines, but that are integrally important to who you are, your life, your life path, your profession, all of the above. Michelle Armour is Chief People Officer at Career Builder, joining me here today because we're talking about what kind of advice, what can we say for college seniors entering the workforce during completely unpredictable job market. Yeah, that's where we are right now. But what is it the career experts are saying? That's what Michelle is. What are the opportunities? How do we go about it? You know, what can we do to position ourselves? Well, I don't have the answers to that, but I know she does. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. I don't think there's ever been a time where the conversation we're about to have has been more important than it is today. I could not agree more, and taking care of our college graduates as well as the rest of the, the workforce is absolutely critical. 
Um, let's take a look at what you all at Career Builder are doing, looking at, and what you see. I want to start out with the conversation about, you know, usually when you do uh, an interview like this and we do a show like this, there's a need that is really crying to be met. And that's what I'm really curious about. There's something that you all looked at and said, we know how to help with this. What are you seeing? What are you hearing folks say about this? Well, Career Builder has been around for more than 25 years. And so we have a lot of data about how job seekers have behaved over time mm -hmm. and how companies have, have behaved over time. And I think what's happening now is a little bit unprecedented because unlike other economic downturns, the way that we are thinking about work and the way that work is getting performed and the way that we're behaving in society, that has all completely shifted. Yeah. So what we've done at CareerBuilder is we have information and tools out there for job seekers to take advantage of that we can talk about. We have tools, resources, and products for organizations to take advantage of as well. And then we're really looking at making that connection. So as the labor market has shifted, how can we optimize our workforce and get as many people back to work as possible? You know, right now, people are self-assessing. You know, they're taking a look at who, who am I? What do I do? And there are a lot of questions that are going on. Um, and they don't necessarily have the kind of information we're about to talk about today. And that is, you know, what are we seeing is in the, the bubble of what we call skill sets these days? You know, the, somehow we seem to think that due to where we are right now, with this, with the COVID-19 epidemic, the crisis, that employers are not really looking at what they need for workforce. And that is not true. No, it isn't. I think that, you know, we have sort of catapulted in terms of progress and the way that we're we're thinking about work and people's work-life integration in a lot of cases. Those, you know, the work that can be done remotely is, and I think the health and safety of our workforce um, is paramount in a way that it should be. And, you know, it should have been for a long time. And it's just this evolution um, with the way that companies handle employment mm -hmm. and the way that our workforce thinks about employment and how they integrate their employment with their personal life, that has just seen a much more rapid evolution than we would have seen before. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a very somber time, a time that I'm concerned about the health and safety of you know, our citizens globally, I'm also seeing, you know, positive things coming out of this. And, you know, I think that that's what we have to look for every day to get through this and to collectively help one another. Yeah, I agree with you. What I, you know, let's talk about a couple of things you're seeing, but let's talk about a couple of things people can do. You know, I was talking to uh, someone a couple of weeks ago, youngster a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, she was looking at like her range of skills, given her education, all of the above. And what I found fascinating about it was the kinds of questions she was asking. 
you know, questions like, you know, yeah, I thought I was going to go in this career path, but you know, the skill sets and what I've studied, I could actually get a job over here. Is that the kind of thinking that's going to help folks here? Because our, our industries and employers, are they looking at taking skill sets and perhaps doing some shifting? Yeah, it sounds like the person that you were speaking with has a very mature outlook. No kidding. And that adaptability will serve her well. And, you know, we looked at what happened in the last recession, and even though it was a different situation, we found that those individuals that were just willing to be in the workforce in any way, overall, the long-term outperformed those individuals that decided to wait until the perfect opportunity in their chosen industry or chosen role became available. So what Mm -hmm. these, go on. (laughs) Well, the reason I think this is important is because you may think that a particular uh, job for you is even though it's outside of like the realm of what you thought, sometimes you make the mistake of thinking you're not going to learn anything from it. And my own personal experience is that is so far from the truth. I mean, I I talked about being homeless (laughs) and selling hot dogs from a hot dog cart when I was 17. And I pretty much learned everything I needed to know about sales from that job. Sure. One of my early mentors taught me that you can learn as much from a bad situation as a good one. You know, sometimes you learn even more. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a hard lesson, you still have to have to take that. And the ability and desire to get a job, Mm -hmm. even if it's not the perfect thing, but look for any job that can help you gain experience and grow, particularly in your soft skills. So like you mentioned, selling, customer service, critical thinking, teamwork, those are experiences that you can gain in a wide variety of roles and industries. So taking advantage of those opportunities where you can find them, and then when the time is right, translating those skills in a thoughtful way to your resume by really demonstrating what you were up against and what you learned, that will allow those college graduates to get the role that they they started out after. And, you know, maybe their perspectives will change too, and maybe they'll find passion for other things. Yeah, no kidding. I definitely for me, I made the switch from an MBA to psychology and that's not something that most people do. But let me ask you, can you give us I know these are short interviews. Can you give us a website, but also can you talk to what uh, college grads can do to make sure they're continuing to network? I think one of the worst things that could happen right now is we have a body of people that don't think there are resources for them or don't think that there are things they can do to really keep the momentum going. Can you share some of those? Sure. So careerbuilder.com, our job seeker resources include a AI resume builder. And the way that it works is you can type in a variety of job titles or positions you've held in the past, and it helps you identify and clarify those marketable skills that you have to offer. So I would highly recommend they go there. And then also using other social media to um, find out about new opportunities through their network or attending virtual networking events. 
and looking for new opportunities there. Awesome. Thank you so much for today. Please give out the website again. And I want to ask you this last question. There are a lot of things we did talk about. Are there any any other items that are really at the top of your list to share? I think that having that adaptability and contributing in a purpose-driven way is the best advice I can give in this really challenging time. And I certainly encourage both job seekers and employers to utilize careerbuilder.com and take a look at our resources. I love it. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you for today. Thank you. Let's take a short break. Everybody will be right back. Living a richly abundant life sound too good to be true? Listen in to Richly Abundant Women with Julie Steelman on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Embrace a vibrant future of breaking free financially and creating a richly abundant life filled with prosperity and growth. To learn more about Julie Steelman and Richly Abundant Women, visit www.juliesteelman.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. This is our good news segment. You know, many of you have asked us to take a look at different aspects of what's going on within ourselves as human beings during COVID-19, this outbreak, this pandemic. But one of the things that we have touched upon, but not without, not without some reservation, was how do we talk to you about what's going on in the digital world? Well, that's not in my wheelhouse, but that is in Stephanie Snow Carruthers' wheelhouse, chief people hacker, IBM X-Force Red. And this is a conversation that if we had more than 10 minutes to talk about this, it would be going on forever because we are now in unprecedented times. Stephanie, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm not kidding when I say these are unprecedented times. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the men and women that are out there in the front lines. There's so much more happening. And, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, are we in a whole new paradigm when it comes to scammers right now? Yeah, absolutely. When there's major events, scammers use that to their advantage, especially now with this pandemic, because really everyone is affected. What do these folks look like? I know that in the past, we have really gotten pretty good handle on emails that come in. You know, we, we kind of recognize them now. If they come in and say, hey, this is your bank, do this we pretty much know to hit the stop button. But this is, I think, a whole new level of this with COVID-19 related scams. Yeah, I mean, their emails are looking a lot more sophisticated and they're harder to spot, but we've seen spam that ranges from emails impersonating major banks like American Express and Wells Fargo, all the way to claiming to be the SBA or even the WHO. 
So an example of one that we've seen is it pretends to be from a major bank and the email states that you have received your stimulus credit to your account, but first you must log in and authenticate yourself. And if you were to click on the link, it would take you to a website that looks almost identical to your bank's website. And if you were to log in with your username, bank account, or password, the attackers would then have access to all that information and they could log into your account and you know, wipe your account clean or perform a wire transfer. Pretty much anything you can do in your account, they could do as well. Well, you all have done a consumer and small business COVID-19 awareness study. And I have to tell you, out of all of the, how should I say it, scammers or emails or approaches or pop-ups, there's a whole range of these, right? The one that I believe almost everyone, even when they see it, even if they suspect that it's not them, they are like almost clicking away. And that is the IRS. I don't know anybody that has ever gotten any kind of digital email or anything from the IRS that doesn't say, OMG, what did I do? That's right. And one of the scary things that we found from our study was 35% of the people we asked still expect to hear from the IRS via email. No matter how many years of warning, even the IRS directly says, we're never going to email you. You know, we get warnings from our bank, from law enforcement, so many people telling us they're not going to email you, but there's still a lot of people, I think, out there that, that expect that. I think right now, because of this pandemic, that's probably heightened a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you did this. Stuff. I want to talk about the study you did. I, I have, you know, there's a part of me that's really like this curious researcher at heart. So every time I look at, you know, a, a, an organization like yours and uh, they have done something pretty much to go to the next level, I'm curious. But you have done this, what you're calling this consumer and small business COVID-19 awareness study. Um, from your perspective, you know, what was your wow about it? Because you're living and breathing. This is a way of life for you, right? This is what you've said yes to, to your, your life's path. But when you looked at this, did you go, oh boy, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that was startling to me was 14% of small business owners felt knowledgeable about the process to get gov uh, the government's small business relief program, which leaves a huge, huge percentage of small business owners that don't really know or they're confused. And that's really scary because attackers can jump on that. And one of the scams we're seeing actually impersonates the SBA. It looks just like it's coming from the SBA.org. So between that confusion and these realistic attacks, I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I have to tell you, we did a whole series on this. And I think that 14%, uh, I actually, based on the, the research we did, we find that that is extremely high, especially of really small business owners, right? You know, we are getting messages exactly like you talked about, about people saying, oh my gosh, I have uploaded all the forms. They keep telling me I haven't uploaded the forms. And then I got an email that continues to say I haven't uploaded the forms. So this is something new in the scamming world where you're really preying on somebody's insecurity, you know, somebody's need to get this relief. And even if it does look kind of like a scammer thing, you're like, oh my gosh, 
I got to send them every single document I've ever have on anything I've ever paid or done. And boy, boy, that is a state of vulnerability, isn't it? It absolutely is. And it's really, really heartbreaking, heartbreaking to think about, right? These small business owners are, they're really relying on this, this money from the government to stay afloat and pay their employees. And here they are just trying to understand what's going on and, and things are changing so much. It's, it's really, really hard. And it's, yeah, again, it's just heartbreaking. What have you discovered? And um, let's just say my scam radar. What have you discovered that you could share with us for people to like be aware of to spot a scam email or even a phone call? Because my gosh, the phone calls, forget about it, right? Um, but what have you discovered? Because they're coming in very disguised now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a handful of red flags. Okay. The first one is really pay attention to who is emailing you. It might say it's from American Express, but the lazy scammers are using email addresses like support at 12345.info. So that's definitely a red flag because you know American Express is never going to email you from that. On the flip side of that, we have seen very skilled attackers spoof from email addresses that are actually legitimate. So we saw a scam that looked exactly like it was coming from the SBA.org, which is scary. Um, with spoofing, attackers can also spoof their phone numbers. So make it appear to be any phone number they want, whether it's your bank or your IT department. So those are things to keep in mind. Even though they look legitimate, they might not be. Um, two more things I would say to pay attention to. The next is what I call fraud speak. It's where the email looks almost like it's written with English as a second language or might have words that don't exactly make sense. And then the last one, and this is pretty successful, is, is using a sense of urgency. So these attackers love to use phrases with deadlines, such as, you must complete this in the next 24 hours. And if someone has that urgency, they're more likely to respond a lot faster and kind of drop their guard more than they normally would. You know, there are, there are lots of information you all have been on top of. Is there a way for people to get a copy of the report or find out more about this? Because I think when people get their hands on it, you know, they start to share this to help other people. Absolutely. So for more information, you can go to ibm.com slash COVID-19. Um, let me ask you this. You have been doing a number of these interviews, and I'm sure you've heard the good, the bad, the ugly, and the you can't make any sense of it, right? Um, what would your personal message be to people? What would you want to say to folks? Um, you know, for us, we've done so many shows just on how difficult it is to actually apply for PPP. And we haven't even scratched the surface of frustration for people. So folks are desperate and they will click away. What would your personal message be? So I have a couple things. And I think the biggest thing is to slow down. I know it's really, really hard, especially with the pandemic, but just slow down, especially if you're maybe checking your email on your phone where the screen is so tiny, it's hard to pay attention to the details. And a lot of times if it appears to be shady, it probably is. 
The other thing I would say is go to websites directly. So if you receive an email, what looks like from your bank, instead of clicking on links or opening attachments, go to their website directly. Because right now with this pandemic, tons of different places have information on their homepage or maybe a link to an FAQ page. And then the last thing is make sure you enable multi-factor authentication, whether it's your bank, email, social media accounts. That's that second layer of security. And what it does is if you log in with your username and password, that second piece is like a code you receive in a text message. That way, if an attacker does have your username and password, they can't log in without that extra code. Um, can I ask you this last question? What do you think we could do sure. better at, in, in terms of communicating to the public about what they can, can do and what they can be eligible for? You know, you're in the information business. What do you think we could do better? I think it would be to have clear instructions on a legitimate website and just make sure people know, you know, you're not going to get emails just from the beginning. Yeah. Here is everything clear. This is what to expect. This is what to do. I think that would save a lot of frustration. Yeah, you get the best idea award right there. That one right there, that there. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Make a few phone calls for us, would you? <laughs> Listen, Stephanie, thank you so much for everything you're doing. The report is really super awesome. If this were longer, we would really dig deep into it. Have a great rest of your day and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, please go ahead and check that report out. We're actually going to talk more about it later today. We'll see you in a minute. Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm. Inspire. Create. Empower. Only on transformationtalkradio.com. Hey, everybody. You know, I am so thrilled about all of us. And, and for me to introduce you to somebody that is so dedicated, committed to something that we're not talking enough about. Alan Reyes is joining me here today, but you know, I wanna say that's not enough to explain who he is. You know, whether you know him as a chief operating officer, rear admiral in the US Navy Reserve, you know, deployed multiple times to the Middle East, in charge of my language, logistics, customs missions, you know, whether you know him as providing support to Haiti and the disaster relief, or today, today, as we step into the month of May, and we step into that month of May because it is a military appreciation month. And let me tell you why this is important to me personally. I come from a family of, boy, and if I say this wrong, uh, I'm gonna get an email from the other side of my family, and let's just call it army brats but not so much because half the family army, then you had the Navy, then you had my aunt and uncle Marines. So here's the thing I wanna say about this. When I heard the stories my family tell of serving in multiple wars and talking about what the force behind the forces is, today's conversation and what we're talking about with the USO go so far back, as long as I can remember, my family members serving 
contributing to the USO. When I go that far back and I think about today what we're not talking about of how this force behind the force is keeping our military strong during COVID-19, we need to have a special time to acknowledge those folks. Alan, it's great to have you here today. Dr. Pat, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for having me, but also thank you, thanks to your family for being part of that tapestry of uh, support and defense for our nation through generations. Uh, you're exactly right. The ability for us to do the things that we do here in the United States is uh, because of the freedoms that are guaranteed to us uh, and protected by our service members and by their families like yours and like mine. And so the ability for us as a nation to support them and, and to care for them and, and to love them is so important. And we at the USO are proud to do our part in all of that. Let's take a moment, if you could, Alan, and thank you so much. I want to make sure people understand a bit about the history, if we could, about the USO. Um, now, outside of everybody on the planet getting a sneak peek of the USO, and boy, I'm telling you, this is really a stretch, but watching Captain America, the first Captain America, and, and multiple other pop culture films, right? Everything from Pitch Perfect 3 you get a sense when people say USO, but that's only the tip of the iceberg. That is not exactly everything you all do. That's why I'm excited to talk to you today because if you're talking to my aunt, my uncle, my relatives, they have a different version of how powerful and how much you all support people. Give us a little backdrop. Sure thing, Dr. Pat. Um, you know, the USO come this February will have been serving our service members and their families for 80 years. The, the USO, United Service Organization, was founded uh, in, the, in the shadows of World War II. Uh, FDR said, hey, I want to bring some great nonprofits together to form an organization to take care of our troops and their families. Yep. And that was our foundation. And we continue to do that through the years. And you think about the, the conflicts, the wars, uh, the, the efforts that our service members and their families and the sacrifices that they've made have been so, so difficult and has been so important to, uh, to us as a society and to us as individual Americans. And uh, we've been able to support them in that. And so to your point, uh, the USO, uh, we, are, we are there for our service members every step of the way, always by their side is the way that we like to say. From the time a service member raises their right hand to join the service as he or she then goes through their initial trainings and their deployments and their moves overseas and you know uh, even in times where they may be wounded or worse and then when they transition out from the military we know that there is a need to support them to strengthen and connect them to family home and country every step of the way and so we've developed great programs and services we serve alongside them at over 250 locations around the world we're in Kansas, in Kandahar, in Korea. Uh, we're here. We're there at the U.S. Uh, we have our USO Northwest team do this great work there in Seattle and in the Northwest area. Yeah. So we know that it's so important for us to be able to provide them uh, everything that they need to be stronger and more connected. Uh, and that's really the backdrop I wanted to set for today uh, uh, for what you're doing and for what this organization has been about. You know, because you're so right about this. I mean, from day one, you know, I've heard my uncle talk about the USO. And I got to tell you, I got to claim ignorance on this. I didn't quite understand 
the depth and the breadth of what he was talking about and his involvement. And I, and I wish I would have fully understood more about both my aunt, my uncle, my several aunts and uncles. And, you know, this is a time where we're talking about COVID-19. And I'm not sure people understand the, the importance and the powerful assistance you're getting during this time. Can you talk about that, please? Sure. You know, I tell you, COVID-19, the pandemic has been very challenging for us as a society and really across the globe, as we're all aware. In the United States, our our military, our service members, while they're also being affected themselves and having to shelter in place or, you know, restriction of movement, uh, those kinds of stressors are on them. They're also being asked, and they are answering the bell, as we see in the Navy, to, to provide support to those medical providers, uh, to the states, to the National Guard, to the deployment of those hostile ships, U.S. naval ships, mercy and comfort, and then being able to provide great support to our serv- to our to our uh, host, our, our, our fellow allies overseas when they they need that help as well. All at the same time, they're still supporting our national interest and in making sure that we're ready in case you know something happens where you have to you know uh, have a, a, a conflict with another another nation. And so that's been very, very challenging for our service members and families. You think about our National Guard, for instance, right, being able to provide assistance to the states, assistance to those communities, especially there in, in, in Washington State from the beginning. We know that our service members and their families were, were, were uh, affected, but they were also providing great support. So the USO is trying to do our part as well. We're trying to give them some comfort and support. Care packages, we've delivered 15,000 of them already this year. We're on pace for well over 120,000 through the year. Um, we provide great uh, support through our mobile programs. Mobile canteens are supporting not only uh, troops in Washington and Oregon, but really around the world, uh, providing food and comfort to, to those that just need a break from the work that they're doing. Um, and now let's just make sure that we let everybody know how they're going to be able to find out more about what we're talking about here today, but in general, to find out more about the USO. Yeah. What's the best website to give people, Alan? That's right. We have great information about the USO at USO.org. And if you go there, you can see all the great work we're doing, whether it's during the COVID-19 pandemic or, or beyond. Um, I will tell you, we have, uh, we've got a great mission and a legacy of support for our service members and our families. We continue to evolve the way that we are serving them. Even today, even, even beyond the COVID-19 pandemic, as an example, uh, today we've had to go to a lot of virtual programming. You know, we provide uh, opportunities for entertainers and celebrities to engage with our service members that might be deployed halfway around the world. Uh, we usually will send them overseas, just like you saw in some of those, uh, those movies that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but today we're doing it over virtual platforms. And, you know, guess what? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. We know that this is another great way to connect our service members and their families, and we'll continue doing this well beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. So folks that want to support our service members, their families, uh, whether it's today or tomorrow, this is, the U.S. is a great way to show that support. And, you know, there are different programs you have done all, you know, uh, uh, for years. I mean, everything in terms of taking a look at exactly what you're talking about, you know, how to provide food and beverages and hygiene items to all the guardsmen across the field. But you also have some other programs. You know, you have networking events. You have, you know, something that you call discovering your spark, which I love. So the depth and the breadth of the USO is what I think 
that we need to talk more about because it's a fundamental support vehicle for individuals, families, and service people. Absolutely right. You know, the, the, the life of a military family member uh, has a lot of stresses with them. And so, yeah. you know, in, in the U.S., we look for ways to support them. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, our, our, our support of military spouses. Um, you know, that's an important group of people that are doing great work, making great sacrifices, moving around, being disconnected themselves from their own families and their own networks. And we create both virtual and physical means for them to connect with each other, to, do, to create opportunities to discover their spark, to discover their interests, to be able to find others with those like interests and, and create a community that they might not necessarily have that they're deployed halfway around the world or even as they move around from place to place. And so, uh, you know, our programs, to your point, Dr. Pat, are designed, you know, to, 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 to meet a whole range of needs that our service members and their families have. And from the outside looking in, yeah, you can say, hey, well, that's great that you're sending someone a care package. You know, what we're really doing is, is, is really providing a source of comfort and connection at a very difficult time in people's lives. Uh, you mentioned my service. I, I remember a time when I was deployed halfway around the world on board my ship, you know, months and months away from my family, just really, really down, very, very difficult time. And just that virtual hug, that regular hug, that real hug that I got yeah. from the USO yeah. that reminded me of things are that why I'm doing what I'm doing and when I'm going to be back, that I'm going to be back, back in the arms of my family and my friends. That was important to me. That helped sustain me. That made me stronger on my deployment. And so that's the kind of thing that the USO gets to do. We serve right as far forward as possible with them. We're in Afghanistan. We're in Iraq. We're, we're with them in, in Korea. We're all over the globe making sure that to provide that strengthening support. I mean, we take a lot of things for granted, Alan. And I, I remember, you know, speaking with my aunt in particular, and I have such a great picture of her and my uncle you know, in service. And I remember talking with her about the various ways that not only did they get involved, but they get involved after. And she was talking about, and this was way back a few years, but she was talking about the USO. And it's almost like you're seeing a smiling face. This is what she would say. She would say, we don't realize how intense it is sometimes for our service people, our military and she would say that this was such an uplifting experience. You know, here you are in the middle of it, and you have people and groups coming in and literally putting a smile on your face. And she would talk about that all the time. It's exactly our objective, you know, Dr. Pat. It's a way to... Put that where people, our, our service members, are in some of the most difficult, arduous, remote, austere, and in these cases, a lot of dirty, dusty places, uh, doing some very difficult work and spending long hours with that. And then when they see that USO logo, they see that sign, and they see that USO uh, you know, teammate giving them, today it's a virtual hug, uh, but in, in days past and hopefully in the future it's a real hug. And that feeling, that feeling of connection, that feeling of support is it's invaluable it really is for us as a service tell you it's it's so important and you know uh, again as a society we're so blessed to have the support of our all volunteer service uh force and our force and their their service and their families and it's um it's 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 a way that we can 
can make them stronger. Well, Alan, thank you so much for today. I want to make sure we're letting people know how they can find out about the USO, but what else they could find out about what you're doing with COVID-19. Yeah, so uh, at our, uh, on our website, www.uso.org slash coronavirus, there's some great information there about how the USO continues to support during this pandemic our service members and their families, whether they're there uh, in Seattle with the USO Northwest yeah. or around the world. Great ways to, to find out what we're doing and ways to see how you can help. Yeah, and I think part of this, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, uh, whose son is in whose son is serving here in the Pacific Northwest. And one of the things that I was really struck by is, you know, we're living in our our own bubble around COVID-19. And one of the things that we don't think about is when you're talking about people serving in the military right now, you know, these are people that are out in the field. These are people that are keeping us safe. And they're not always eligible to have that seven foot or six foot distance. You know, when they are saving lives, they are saving lives and they are saving lives first and thinking about themselves second. And I think we so forget that and we so forget their commitment. It's, you know, we're so, so fortunate and blessed to have people in our military, in our the medical profession, in the first responder space that do just that, that they run towards the danger to protect us, to protect us. And so, you know, you're right, that it's something that we should be talking about more to really celebrate and thank those and honor those that are doing that for us on our behalf and look for ways to, to give back to them, to support them and not just thank them for their service, but show them our support uh, in the way that we can support them through comforting them, through, yeah. so, through, through connecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alan, thank you for today. One last question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Uh, I will tell you, I'm just uh, really, really proud to be part of an organization that literally takes care of my family members and your family members, Dr. Pat. It's a, it's, it's a hallmark of who we are as a society. I will tell you personally, and I've gotten to travel around the world, there is no greater uh, society out there than, other than we here in the United States of America that has a philanthropic nature, a generous nature, that gives and takes care of their neighbors and takes care of the people that takes care of them. So I'm just proud to be part of that, and I'm so grateful to have the time with you today. And I'm so grateful that you know you and I are talking in support of something so much greater than either one of us. Thank you, Alan, and thanks to the USO for all that you guys are doing. Thank you, Dr. Pat. All right, everybody, let's take a short break. And by the way, if you're wondering what can I do to help, you know, is there anything that I can be of service of, just go to USO.org, check it out, find out what people are doing. Believe me, there are more ways for us to support and help each other than you can imagine. 